tonight, today, we're going to be following in Tom's footsteps. Has there not everybody been loving the messages that Tom has been sharing? Yeah. Pastor Tom has been doing a bang-up job, I hope and pray, that you're putting this stuff inside of you. When I was gone on vacation and I got back, I started listening to the messages, and uh, um, ouch, I was convicted myself on many, many points. Anybody else been convicted lately? Good, glad to see you're convicted. Now we've got to move into more of that. But I wanted to go into um, kind of my piece of the puzzle or kind of my part in this whole series. It's, I'm really going to continue uh, with what Tom's been talking about, and I just really appreciate the points he's been making. But Tom's message title was Devotion to the Essentials Gives Birth to Revival Families. How many believe you're a revival family? How many believe that you're part of a revival family? This house is to be a house of revival. It's to be a house where the Spirit of God moves and has His way. Can I have an amen on that? And so we are to then, therefore, line up our natural families with this family that we see in Acts chapter 2. So today, we're, if you have your Bibles with, uh, with you, we're going to be in Acts the whole time today. And so we're going to look at the scriptures, and I'm going to bring some other points up. And the, where I'm going to go today is I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm hopeful that by the end of the message that I preach today, you'll be able to answer that question. But the question is, is are you all in? And so we've had a prophetic word several years ago, and it really even goes back further than several years ago, but Dennis Kramer came to New Covenant and Part of the prophetic word over this church was get rid of the baby bottles, get rid of the baby bottles, cause my, challenge my people to grow up, leave no one behind, get the flak jackets out, get the hand grenades. God's forming an army here and some will go with you and some won't. And it was like, I like the some will go with you. I don't like the part that some won't, but hey, it was a prophetic word. And so we've gotten more confrontation. We've gotten more this thing of really growing the body of Christ up and growing my own self up. And part of this message, I believe, is devoted to that. And so we're, we're all talking about molding our families and becoming this revival family like the New Testament was. Does anybody want to see 3,000 people added to the family of God in one day? Can you imagine can you imagine the discipleship that had to take place with 3,000 people? Can you imagine the schools that were set up and the relationships that were built that had to take place when that many people were coming to know Christ? And it's because those families were involved with something that caused their devotion to shoot through the roof. And Tom's been talking about that. And so where Tom has been has been in Acts um, 242. I want to read it together again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And Tom shared that their devotion was fueled by the Holy Spirit, and it brought deep connection with each other. Tom did a great job when he spoke about the devotion to fellowship. So he took each week and he talked about being devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to fellowship, devoted to breaking of bread, and devoted to prayer. And he, he hit all of those essentials. Those are the essentials of a revival family. And when he, when he spoke on fellowship, 
um, and I was listening to that message, there was more that God put in my heart to share with you about how we as the people of God need to be devoted to fellowship. So that's where I'm going today. Are you guys cool with that? Because you know what? Repetition brings... Repetition brings what? All right. So Tom talked about uh, this devoted to fellowship, and he told us about the, the, the Greek word is koinonia. And that Greek word, uh, Tom broke it down on what it means, and, it, and it, is, it is a bond of common purpose and devotion. But Tom took that further, and he, he synthesized it into two words. Does anybody remember the two words that Tom talked about in his message, when we are to be people who are devoted to fellowship, what those two words were. Ah. If we're devoted to fellowship, we are devoted to sharing and caring. Everybody say sharing and caring. Sharing, this side of the room, sharing and caring. Oh, come on, this side's got to give me some caring over here. Caring. There we go. All right, sharing and caring. Hopefully you'll remember that. And Tom talked about that through fellowship, through caring and sharing, our sense of belonging, our need for belonging is taken care of. He talked about how our need for relationships and friendship is taken care of through koinonia, through fellowship, our need for community, our need for accountability. We all have a need, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need people. Say, I need people. I need my peeps. I do. I need my peeps. And so he talked about how that and how spirit-filled people were fueled in their devotion to fellowship. And this devotion to fellowship lead, led Tom to that de definition of sharing and caring for one another. And he painted a great picture of what that looked like. <clears throat> And here's one thing that Tom said, and I'm going to repeat it. It was wonderful. Christian sharing and caring is always, always voluntary. Christian, spirit-filled Christians who share and care with each other, it should be voluntary and never done out of compulsion. Out of duty, out of begrudgingly. That when people are spirit-filled, when they're being filled with the Spirit, they're being filled with the Word of God, there's this passion that came out from the disciples and from the early church where their devotion to sharing and caring was fueled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he shared how it should be Holy Spirit-led. And when it's Holy Spirit-led, my sharing of my resources, my money, my stuff, all that stuff becomes voluntary and I just want to do it. I know this week I l let somebody use my mower. They, theirs broke down. It's like the sharing part of the, of the gospel came out. And I said, yes, you can use my mower. You know, and off it went. And, they, and I was like, I hope it comes back not broke. But hey, yeah, yeah, there it goes. But we're a sharing community. We're a sharing community. Sharing and caring. And so Tom asked some powerful questions that I'm going to re-ask. And then I'm going to get into my part. <clears throat> Tom asked this, how do you think you're doing at sharing and caring for those in your family, your biological family? How are you doing when somebody in your own family has a need, has a struggle? How are you doing at, at sharing and caring with your biological family? Grade yourself. I can't answer that question for you. How are you doing at work 
with your co-workers or at school at sharing and caring with the love of Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. When co-workers have a need, when there's something going on, and you can tell they're having a bad hair day. I'm having a bad hair day. But I'm thankful I got hair. How are you doing at work at sharing and caring for others? And then Tom asks, how are, you, how are we doing, how are you doing at church with sharing and caring for those in your church family and your connect group when they have a need and there's something going on? How are we doing? Would our church get a passing grade for sharing and caring? Some of you are going, ain't no way we would get a passing grade. Some of you are going, yeah, I, I love this place. How are we doing? Well, one of the things that Tom shared, he said, when you're dried up, sharing and caring is a big burden to you. When you're dried up on the inside, when you're struggling yourself on the inside in your walk with Christ, when the Holy Spirit is not bubbling out of you, like Chad said, the funnel is just, it's at the short end of the stick. And you're dried up, it's difficult to share and care. Would you agree with me? When you're dried up, a meal for someone sick is a burden to you. I can say that. I've made many a meals for people. When you're dried up, that meal becomes an obligation, and you know it's the right thing to do. Has anybody ever been there? I know I need to do this. I know I need to reach out. Anybody been there? But man, I've got this, 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 and this. When you're dried up helping someone move <clears throat> for the 15th time is a burden. And you get the U-Haul, and you get your truck out there, and you help somebody move. When you're not full of the Holy Ghost, moving someone is a burden. Can I have a witness? Man, we need some younger, stronger guys to help with some of that moving crew, right? Yeah, amen. Man, I was at a wedding last night, and a guy came up to me. He said, have you turned 50 yet? I said, oh, oh, oh. Are you trying to compliment me in a backwards way? <laughs> oh, yeah, brother, I'm, I'm 55. <laughs> and Abraham looked at me and said, what? You're 55? I said, yes, son, your dad is 55. Man, you're a grandfather now, dad. Yeah, yeah, I'm a grandfather now. Don't remind me my age. I, I don't feel 55. I feel younger than that, praise the Lord. But when you're dry, having someone over to your home for a meal, is a burden. Chris started talking about that a little bit here this morning with communion. I was like, yeah, go, buddy. You're going to fall right in place with my message today. <laughs> I might step on a few toes. I tell Ernie before service, I said, I might step on a few toes. He said, well, I'm leaving right now, and we'll go get my steel-toe boots on. I'll be right back. <laughs> I said, good job, Ernie. I'll see you in a few minutes. He left, came back. I'm going to look back here and see what kind of shoes he's got on. But when I step on her toes today, I promise you, I have been stepping on my toes, and Tom has stepped on my toes, and the Spirit of God has been convicting me, and so I'm sharing some of the stuff that comes from my own heart, because I have been dry. And when you're dry, 
helping people, sharing and caring becomes a burden. And Tom did a great job about talking about how we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we need to be filled. We need that funnel full open and allow the Spirit of God to pour into us and pour into us, not with our requirements, <laughs> but with whatever he wants to do. And over the last several weeks, I've just been asking for more of the Holy Spirit. I've been asking, I want more, I want more. I need filled up, I need filled up. Anybody else been doing that? So I want to talk to you about today about care, pastoral care, if you do, is a great way to call it. But care, here's what I want to say, is care and sharing usually shows up when there's a need. Caring for someone usually shows up when there's a need. And today we're going to jump into the passage in Acts. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 44. And we're going to take a look at it. And I'm going to show you how a need was represented here. And, it, and, and care started to show up when there was a need represented. So let's look at Acts. Oh, yeah, fellowship is sharing and caring. I forgot to show that. <clears throat> Acts 2.44 through 45. Tom has already shared this. But it says, all the believers were together. Everybody say together. They had everything in common. Say in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Everybody would say anyone. I have a question for you. Who do you think anyone is? Anyone. So who is anyone, though? Everybody. So when I see that scripture and I look at it for face value, anyone is anyone. But is it anyone? I'm going to challenge our theology a little bit today. I'm going to challenge our thought process a little bit today because I don't believe the scripture is saying anyone as in anybody that comes around I believe it's pinpointing something in the next verse it says this every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor. Who is anyone in this scripture? It was they that continued to meet together in the temple courts. It was they who broke bread in their homes and ate together. It was they who had glad and sincere hearts. It was they who were praising God and enjoying the favor of God. It was they who were honoring the four essentials of the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship, and prayer. I propose to you that sharing and caring was coming out of a community where those people were doing those kinds of things. What do you think about that? In our culture, here at New Covenant, it would be those who are devoted to coming to church every week at New Covenant. It would be those who are regularly meeting in connect groups. It would be those who are in discipleship relationships. It would be those who are regularly meeting in house to house, breaking bread together, having meals in their home with each other. It would be those in discipleship relationships, those breaking bread together all the time, maybe going to the movies, praying for each other, praising God together, in the homes, being together. It was those who were devoted to fellowship. They had their needs met 
I propose to you, it was they that had their needs met. Those who were not devoted, those who were not all in, I don't know that their needs were met. And I'm going to prove this to you. If that scripture isn't enough, I'm going to show you some more. Are you guys with me today? It's going to step on my tube because there's some of this that I've not been devoted to, and I'm going to share that later too. In Acts 4, two chapters later, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Everybody say that with me. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money for the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. What does among them mean? It was those that the power of God was working in. The word among here is a preposition. And I'm not going to give you an English teaching today because half of you would hit the door. Most people are, have a um, aversion to education. <laughs> but among is a preposition, and a preposition is a word that is used to link nouns and pronouns. Okay, And it's to link the word among. Among links a word to the noun. It links it to it, and it has, a, it, it has a connection to that word or that phrase within that sentence. And so when we say among them, the among them is the link. It is saying among is in them. They are in, it is in them, okay? So I'm going to make more sense here. So if you look in your dictionary, the, even the word among means being in. It means to be in the midst of. It means to be connected with. It means to be surrounded by. It means to share with each. It means to be in the number. It means to be in the class. It means to be in the group. It means to be in the clique. It means I'm all in. They were connected and they were a part of the number. They were all in. Everybody say all in. They were those who were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to prayer. They were all in. They were doing the same things. They were hungering after the word of God. They were breaking bread together and talking about what the apostles were teaching. They were eating in each other's homes and they were breaking bread. They would take the Lord's Supper together and they would do this as a community. And I promise you, that is not where we're at. It was those who were all together, they were in, they were connected. It was those who were meeting regularly, those who were doing life together, those doing the mission of Christ together. They were not living in isolation. They were not by themselves. They were not coming to church whenever they felt like it. They were all in. Everybody say they were all in. And so I want to break down that another scripture that we read earlier and Tom shared a couple weeks ago. And I want to show it from NIV and New Living Translation. This is the same scripture with two different translations. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. 
and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I love what the NLT says. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in their homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Oh, Eric, man, that's a lot of work, <laughs> doing meals together. You know what? In the New Testament church, it was called a love feast. In the New Testament church, man, they got, I mean, it wasn't just you providing all the food, Kate. It was, no, Kate brought some food, and everybody else brought something, so it wasn't a burden to anybody. And they had a love feast, and they took communion together. Communion was not served like we just did it. Although this is not wrong, the Lord says, do it in remembrance of me. But they literally doing that in their homes. Can you imagine serving 3,000 people in the temple courts communion like this? Wouldn't be possible. Take forever and a day. Here, here's your little wafer, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You know, Move on to the next. It's kind of a sterile way of doing communion, although we're not going to change it. We're going to do that. But we want to increase truly what communion is all about. Can I have an amen on that? So again, I know I'm repeating myself and I'm saying this over and over, but those were the people that did those kind of things and they were fueled by the Holy Spirit. I want us to be fueled by the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be fueled by guilt. I don't want to be fueled by obligation. I don't want to be fueled because I just know it's the right thing to do. I want to be fueled by the passion of the Holy Ghost inside of me. How about you guys? And if it's not there, then I've got to ask for it. <laughs> if it's not there and it, it's still begrudging, I'm still going to do it and I'm going to do it begrudging and I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit's power. <laughs> I'm going to line my family up with the family of God. Anybody else? I'm going to give you an example that I think will bring this home. And I'll try not to cry. This week was a rough week. And I had to deal with a family that is probably going to leave New Covenant. And uh, pastor's worst nightmare. And uh, the comments were no one cares, no one reaches out, and we're not growing. And uh, they've went through a very rough year, year and a half. And they've had many, many challenges physically. They've had many challenges in their work and struggles at work. And they've had just so many things going on there. They've had family issues. They've had one trial after another. And they shouldered every one of those burdens by themselves. I didn't know about any of the burdens. Had no clue what was going on. They're wore out, dry, not being filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to quit and move on. And that's a pastor's worst nightmare. One of them. Now, before I beat myself up or beat you up, I also am not going to accept false responsibility. Because here's what I want to point out. Is this family here on Sundays every week? Rarely. Are they in a connect group? Nope. Are they being discipled? Nope. Are they having people over for meals? Nope. So, are they devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer? 
You tell me. Hardly. You can lead a horse to water. But what? Why? Because they have a will. We create connect groups. We create a structure here at this house. But I can't make anybody go to them. Yeah, some of them, hey, they need to grow and mature. And I get it. I get it. Relationships are tough. I get it. It's so much easier to isolate yourself and not be a part. Dude, I get it. It's easier to quit than to be involved in that. But the Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. And yeah, when I get around you, you may have a different personality and you may click in a different way. And it's like, wow, I get an opportunity to love you where you're at. I get to care and share with you and for you and you for me when we're in relationship. Their needs were not met. When they were sick, no one knew. Are they among us? Are they in? Were they committed to the four essentials? The answer would be no. I go back to what I said earlier. If you're partaking in this, the Bible says your needs are going to be met. And I know there's a lot of needs here. I know there's a lot of needs. It was amazing as I was preparing for this message. I really thought I was going to be preaching different. Next week's is going to be about encouragement, the gift of encouragement. I'm going to talk about that because we need encourage. We need courage to face some of the trials and things. But when I started to survey the congregation, when I went through the attendance report, it was amazing how many people are in this sifting still that Tom preached about last year. And the sifting is very obvious by our, our attendance because people are in trials. They are struggling. It is easier to quit and give up than to actually take that which God is doing in you and to mature and to push through. It's going to take courage. It's going to take a people who stand their ground. It's going to be a people who says, no, thus far and no more. You're not, you're not, you're not. I'm pressing in and I'm taking back my land. But when I surveyed the group and I saw how many marriages, how many broken relationships, how much sickness and how much um, uh, work problems and financial problems, it was amazing. And most people are bearing those burdens by themselves. Most people are being quiet and not telling. But I want to give a good example of what God did several years ago, and we, the reason I use this example, and I do it many times, is because he was so well-known and well-loved in this house. But when Gary Tower went through the trial of sickness, Gary Tower was in a connect group. He was in Michelle and Jeff's connect group. He was help co-leading that connect group. Gary Tower loved the Word of God, and he loved to hear preaching and teaching. He was, he was in fellowship, and he, he broke bread with people. He was in fellowship with others. And when he fell sick, and they couldn't pay their mortgage payment, their mortgage was paid. The people gathered around. When they, when they needed the yard mowed, the mo yard was mowed. The needs were met because they were in. Everybody say in. They were in the body of Christ. Are you seeing a picture that's being painted, my friends? Those who get help are the ones who are all in. 
It's not that God shows favoritism. It's just a reaping and sowing. Mutual devotion, mutual care, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no persons, no needy persons among them. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? So my question to you today is, are you all in? Or are you on the fringes? Does anybody know the trials that you're going through? Because remember what I said at the very beginning of the message, usually caring and sharing shows up when there's a need. And the kind of care that I'm talking about, I want you to hear me loud and clear. The kind of caring and sharing that I'm talking about is mutual sharing and caring. If I'm doing the all having you over for dinner and I'm doing all the, the meeting one-on-one and I'm, I'm the one reaching out to you all the time, that is not mutual. I can, I can, I can name on one hand, I'll be honest, okay? I can name on one hand when I've been invited to dinner by anybody in this house. And you would think as one of the leaders of the house, it'd be all the time. No, it's not. It's not. I must be so intimidating. I mean, was that a feather from the Lord? Okay. More Holy Spirit. I think I'm hitting on something. And there... And I'll even share my repentance because I'm going to get to repentance here in a little bit. I have to repent that I've just backed away from doing it because I was tired of doing it all. I was tired of being the having the people over. I mean, the last time I was at dinner was at Brian and Sarah's house in July, when we uh, it was a spontaneous thing. We were all it was all after church. It was great. The Cashes were there and and them. And uh, I called them up and said, "Hey, you want to get together for lunch?" Oh yeah, come on over. The Cashers are coming over. It was all fun. I love spontaneous. Anybody like spontaneous? You know, we went and got some stuff, and we got and we went out there, and I was still pretty sick at the time from a sinus infection, but we had a blast. But that's the last one I can remember. Forgive me if you've had us over and I've forgotten. It's been that rare. And here's the problem. Karen and I talked about it this week. and we said, when's the last time we had somebody over? She goes, it's been months. I said, well, we, now we're having somebody over tomorrow night. <laughs> September 1st, tomorrow's a great time. It's Labor Day. You have, you have some extra time, right? Have somebody over. But some of you are in marriage crises and you need help. My question is, are you all in? Are you devoted to the essentials of the Christian faith? Some of you are in relationship problems. Some of you are in job crisis. Some of you are in financial problems. Some of you are wishing that the $1,000 would come out of the sky from New Covenant and be poured into your bank account so that your needs could be met. You're somehow waiting for this osmosis thing to happen and for somebody to finally get it and, uh, and to take care of your bills. You laugh. But I've been asked for money many, many, many times. And usually it's because they're not in relationship and they're not in the body. I might be stepping on your toes, good. I'm stepping on mine as well. So my question is, are you 
are you in because you're not designed to shoulder all the issues and the needs in your life by yourself? We are to carry one another's burdens. But are you all in? Those who got their burdens met were those who were all in. They were fully devoted. They were digging into the apostles' teachings with others. They were having people over for meals and going to other people's homes for meal. It was mutual, and it was with great joy and generosity. They would take the Lord's Supper together in their homes, and they would get together and pray with each other. Am I repeating myself? Are you getting it? Are you all in? At the end of the service, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, Tom and I are going to pray for anybody who wants prayer. He's going to go on one side and I'm going to go on the other time, other side. But we're going to have a, a baptism into the body of Christ today. That is a scriptural issue. And some of you have not been baptized into the body of Christ, but you're playing with the body of Christ. You're on the fringes. And I believe God's going to do something powerful. But here's what I've got, is I do have something for you. And this is our action points for the week. Everybody say action points for the week. I've made an acronym like Tom does. He's so good about acronyms, and I've made one too. We're going to have a wrap, right, Clayton? Clayton, where are you? Clayton, give me the wrap. Give me the wrap, buddy. I, I want you to remember this. So we're going to have a wrap. Do you guys realize that we know how to wrap around here? I'm in a place I call New Cub. I want to be a part of the fam. Oh, I can't do a rap. And he's letting me down because it was going to be up there. But at any rate, I'm going to rap today. Everybody want to rap with me today? I'm going to give you your action points on the rap today. That ain't a rap, man. Don't worry about it. You, we, you, you, you lost us a long time ago. But I've got your attention now. What does rap stand for? Repentance, ask, and pursue. I am convicted myself. And I want to ask you, are you all in? What of the four essentials are you weak in? We need to model our families after this family. And I want to ask you, where are you not all in? You can go ahead and put a little music on even too, guys. Because I'm going to share some things about my own life in repentance and where God is convicting me. And repentance is about confessing our sins and turning. And I'll be honest with you, this house-to-house -house thing, breaking bread, has really convicted me. It really has convicted me. I've gotten lazy and <laughs> so easy just to go home and shut the garage door and be with my beautiful wife and family really is it's easy because I love them so dearly and we have so much fun together but to be honest with you <laughs> here's the sin I've tried to protect my family 
from the body of Christ instead of giving myself to the body of Christ. I didn't want them hurt. You know how PK kids turned out? Thank God my PK kids didn't turn out that way. <laughs> but I promise you it wasn't from protecting them. It was the grace of God. But I've protected our alone time and our I've hidden my family away to protect them. How stupid. And I love you guys. I love you with all my heart. I thank God for this house. And I've not broke bread with enough of you, and I've not been in deep enough relationships with many of you. And it really boils down to the enemy convincing you that you're overwhelmed and you got too much going on. Because there's no way I can fellowship with 100 people. There's no way I can have deep relationships with 100 people. That's why we have connect groups. That's what I love about our connect group pastors. They do, they do and they pour into people's lives. And we're going to have training for some pastors. If you want to be a, a connect group pastor, we're going to do some training because we need help in sharing and caring and loving on people. But I repent to you that I have secluded myself away and I ask that you forgive me. And I don't know where the Spirit of God is convicting you. But I'm asking that the Spirit of God would break our hearts and, and wherever we need to repent, wherever we need to ask God to forgive us, wherever we need to ask people to forgive us, that we would do that today. That you would take this thing seriously and so I don't know where area the Lord is convicting you on right now but can we just take some time right now to repent to confess to the Lord right now maybe you've not been devoted to the apostles teaching to the to the word of God and to, to just hungering after the word maybe you've not Maybe you get bored with the word. And God's really convicting you. Would you confess that and repent and turn from that today? Maybe you're at a place where you, you know, you've not been devoted to the fellowship, to relationships, and you've lived in isolation, and you've hidden yourself away, and you're not a part, you're not in, you're not among the body of Christ and you're not devoted to fellowship, you need to repent. You need to confess that as sin and say, God, forgive me. And you need to begin to turn from that. Repentance is, again, turning, and you need to turn towards relationships. Maybe maybe you're, you're, you never pray with anybody. Maybe you don't break bread with anyone. Maybe you're like me, and you've isolated yourself from going house to house and being with people. Because it's too much work. And allow God to convict you. Confess it as sin and turn from it. Would you do that right now? Would you get alone with the Lord and just say, God, forgive me. I confess I've been selfish. I confess I've done it my way. I confess I haven't done this, God. But Lord, I repent. I turn from that. 
and I turn to these essentials. I turn to fellowship. I turn to my relationship. I turn to my people at New Covenant. I turn and I choose to get in deep relationship with them. I choose that. That's called repentance. That's called making things right. And the Bible says your needs will be met when you do those things. The Bible says your needs will be met when you do those things. Maybe your needs aren't being met because you're disconnected from the head of Christ, the body. And you need to reconnect. So repentance, confession and repentance, we're rapid with God. The other thing is ask for more. This kind of lifestyle must be fueled by the Holy Spirit and not self-effort. This is a supernatural family that we're developing around here. And for us to have the compassion and the desire to fulfill these things, it has to be fueled by Holy Spirit. He is not a third part of the Trinity that needs to be left out of our lives. Can I have an amen on that? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be refilled. I can remember the day I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was at a church, and a woman evangelist was there. And I'll never forget, I'd been struggling with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was a conservative kid. I, I didn't, that, that tongues thing and all that stuff freaked me out. But after studying the Word for two months, I said, I want it. I want the Holy Spirit. And I'll never forget, I was at that service, and she said, some of you are going to get filled right now. And she went like this, waved her hand over the congregation, and boom, Holy Spirit fell on me. I began to speak in a new tongue that I had no clue. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This conservative Presbyterian boy was starting to act like a Pentecostal charismatic. But here's the problem. I was 19. And I'm now from five. And I have to ask for more. I have to ask for more. I have to be hungry for more. And so we have to ask. And then the third thing is pursue. We have to pursue relationships. Don't wait for someone to come to you. Hear me. Be the solution. Don't wait for somebody to invite you over for dinner. Don't wait for somebody to have a friendship with. Don't wait for somebody to come to you. You have to be part of the solution. Have someone over for dinner. Make it a love feast where you bring someone to the feast. Labor Day is a great time to do that, guys, tomorrow. Show somebody you care. Stand up with me if you will. Tom, if you don't mind coming up here. If you've been convicted today and you know there's one of those areas that God is convicting you of and you want to turn, we're going to lay hands on you and uh, we're, we're going to believe that there's going to be a breakthrough as you say yes to being in the body of Christ to being all in who wants to be all in who is convicted about being all in seriously are you convicted 
I promise you, if you're in, the word promises your needs will be met. And so if you're here today and you want to be a part of that, you want to be, we're going to lay hands on you, baptizing you into the body of Christ, declaring, receiving you as, and, and, and there's something that's going to take place in the spirit. I can't even explain what it is. I just know there's going to be a spiritual transaction that takes place today as you yield yourself and say yes to being all in. I believe God is going to touch you and there's going to be a change in your desire. There's going to come a power of the Holy Spirit to help you engage your heart in relationship.